Jesus is either everything or he is nothing. Anything in the middle is lies, complacency, or compromise. I have to say something about some priests. Um, You know, I've seen priests turn into completely different people during mass. It's like it's like they have like an alter ego or something. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 200. 200, that is a lot, even though I think we have more than 200 episodes because we've had several multi-part episodes, but it's still a milestone nonetheless, so thank you for being here. If this is your first time listening, we start every episode with a dad joke. I hope you enjoyed that. And if you enjoy more than that and uh, this podcast in general, please rate and review this podcast because it helps other people find it. And the best way to help other people find it is to share this with your family and friends. If you do that on social media, make sure you tag us, especially on Instagram, at Thought, all spelled out. You can find all of our content and contact info on our website, manafft.com or manafoodforthought.com, all spelled out. And while you're there, you can click on the subscribe button to get our weekly Psalm Reflection newsletter emailed to you every Wednesday. And if you feel so inclined, you can click on the Give button and you can become a patron of this podcast for as little as $1 a month and get access to some exclusive content and some perks along the way, but especially to pray for and be a support to this podcast and have my love and admiration because you're wonderful. So thank you all for doing that. Thank you for listening and coming back. If you are a longtime listener or a first-time listener, it's so good to be with you, and it's such a gift to be uh, in your speakers or in your earbuds or wherever it is you are listening. Let's get into our joy junk and Jesus. So my joy this week is uh, I just have a lot of fun things going on this upcoming week. Um, So I'm excited about those things. Uh, But my junk is that I have a lot of things going on. And having a newborn uh, obviously makes that, you know, a lot of tiredness and busyness. And it's it's hard, you know, to to get to all these things. Um, My junk also is that I have a spiritual direction class this Saturday. uh, And that is not necessarily the junk, but um, I still have uh, uh, some reading and some writing to do for that. Um, so yeah, hoping I find the time to do that this week. And then, um, it's, it's raining a lot at the moment. If you're in Southern California, you know, you've been here this week, you know, um, and I, I don't mind the cold. I, the rain is my least favorite type of weather. I love snow. You know, I don't mind like thunder, lightning, but the second it's wet, I just do not like it. You know? Yeah. I'd take that. I'd take anything probably over over being wet um so yeah so but it's very beautiful we need the rain so praise god for that um and then my jesus moment this past weekend we had an ocia retreat with almost our entire group of people coming into the church and our team and it was just really wonderful and big shout out to my spiritual director father tim for facilitating that and um yeah and i've just had a couple interactions with my my children uh, as they've just been like spontaneously uh, asking to pray or um, praying in their own way, you know, this week. It's just been really awesome to see them maturing in the spiritual life. Um, it's really cool and beautiful. So praise God for that. Uh, let's get into our, our episode. We always look at the second reading for this upcoming Sunday because every Monday I record a, uh, what am I saying, weekly Bible study uh, that focuses on the gospel reading and usually incorporates the first reading. That comes out on Tuesdays uh, on the podcast. And then every Wednesday, we have our psalm reflection for the upcoming responsorial psalm. And so uh, the Thursday episode is on the second reading. So if you consume all of our content, you will be fully prepared and immersed in all of the readings 
uh, for the upcoming Sunday liturgy. So hopefully you're able to do that. So this weekend's Sunday reading for the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, all the way through chapter 11, verse 1. So remember, in the original uh, manuscripts, there weren't chapters and verses. And there weren't spaces, you know, that was just how they wrote. They wrote everything mixed together. Uh, and so we've added that over time to make it easier to find things and, and quote, you know, certain areas of Scripture. But uh, it's not that unusual that these readings would kind of bleed over. So we're still in First Corinthians, the kind of pagan trade and secular epicenter of uh, this time in Greece. Uh, so a lot of different practices going on that create tension with the new Christian church, and they're trying to figure out how do we live in unity? How do we uh, set apart ourselves from society and from some of the very um, immoral practices that are normal in Corinth uh, in terms of pagan emperor worship, uh, you know, other pagan uh, gods and goddess worship and things like that. So, um, yeah, so we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 31. This is what Paul writes to the community, trying to encourage them and continue to guide them in these struggles that they're having. He says, Brothers and sisters, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Avoid giving offense, whether to the Jews or Greeks or the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in every way, not seeking my own benefit, but that of the many, that they may be saved. Be imitators of me, as I am of Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as we've said in previous weeks, Paul here is talking in the context of talking about consuming meat or meals that have been offered in sacrifices to false gods. And he's basically saying, like, if something is going to cause scandal, then don't do it. But you can eat this in your home. You can eat it in a way that doesn't cause scandal because you're not participating in this worship. You're just trying to survive and eat food, you know. So and some of the food you eat, you may not know if it was offered or not. So unless you are intentionally participating in this or allowing that it's been associated with this pagan sacrifice to compromise the way you're representing the Christian faith, then avoid it. So that's why he's saying, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Like, recognize that is always the aim. And it made, it inspired in me some questions. Um, like, just a simple question of why are you doing the things you're doing in your life? You know, like, what are the goals and aspirations and ideals you have? The values maybe that that you have in your life, maybe that you haven't put forth concretely on a piece of paper, but if someone were to look at your life and the things that you're striving for, the things that you do on a weekly basis, you know, would they would they ascribe the values that you have to be something similar to Christianity? Or are you kind of going after what the world tells you to go after and falling maybe into these traps of careerism and greed and materialism and consumerism and, and spending more time thinking about wealth and financial security? than prayer and spiritual security. Why are you doing the things you're doing in your life? And in the midst of that, who are you seeking to glorify? Because if we're not intentional about this and we're just kind of living for what we think is the best life for ourselves, what we're essentially doing is glorifying ourselves. Or if we think that a relationship will make us happy or the pursuit of, you know, a uh, uh, the status of being an influencer or, you know, I don't know, being obsessed with a celebrity or some kind of, you know, pop culture thing, uh, we might be glorifying someone or something else other than ourselves. Or are we glorifying God? You know, those are really the only three options. Are we glorifying ourselves, someone else, or God? 
because you have an ability. I don't know if you realize this. I think sometimes people think this is reserved to those in the church or ministers or priests, nuns, but you, every single person, every lay person has the ability to glorify God, no matter what your career is, no matter your background, your education, your wealth, your faith, knowledge, simply by living for the Lord and being a walking example of him everywhere you go. You know, the quote that really was top of the mind in reading this passage and thinking about this episode this week was the the quote from St. Irenaeus, where he says, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. The glory of God is a human being fully alive. Notice he doesn't say the glory of God is a very well-developed theologian. The glory of God is someone who is perfect. The glory of God is someone who knows all the answers. The glory of God is someone who gives all their time and money to the church. No, he says simply by being fully alive, fully the person God created you to be, that is how you glorify God. You, brothers and sisters, are a Roman collar. You know, priests wear that Roman collar, that white uh, square uh, in the midst of their shirt uh, to signify the light of Christ in the midst of a dark and dying world and that they represent Christ to bring that light into the world. Even though we are not priests, even though we do not wear that collar, we are walking representations of the light of Christ in the world. We are walking churches because we are the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ, and you as individuals and as groups are the body of Christ. And so everything that we do, we are a walking church, a walking Roman collar, and we are bringing the church out into the world. And if we are a representation of the church, what is the object of your church's worship? And what I mean is the church that you bring into the world. What is the object of your worship? Do you let everyone into that church or do you exclude some people? I'm not talking about the Catholic church as a whole or Christian church as a whole. I'm talking about you. You are a walking church. You are a walking vessel of worship and sacrifice to the Lord. What is the object of your worship day in and day out? Is it really God or is it accomplishment? Greed, money, success, relationships, intimacy, popularity, influence, being seen, being known. And where are you looking for that? And in the midst of your day, as you are walking church out in the world, are you including and welcoming everyone as the body of Christ and the church is meant to? Or do you leave people out? Do you exclude people? Do you create division? Do you bring judgment and condemnation on others? There's this interesting verse that happens about 10 verses before the passage we read, and it's in verse 21 of chapter 10, I believe, where Paul says, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and also the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and of the table of demons. You know, you cannot please everyone. We cannot be divided or have a shallow, comfortable faith because we're afraid of what others might think or afraid of coming off too abrasive or too in your face about our faith. We need to be willing to set aside the goals and the aspirations, aspirations and ambitions of the world and secular society if they're getting in the way of our primary call, which is to share the good news with people and to live out our faith. I know this is nerve-wracking. I know, you know, this is coming from someone who's a minister who, who lives and breathes this and is surrounded by it every day. And I don't go to some other secular job where I sit at a cubicle and it's really hard to maybe think of ways where I can witness my Catholic faith. But I also don't think that one day in heaven, people will be saying, you know, we really didn't need to talk about this place that much. It's just like, all right. Like, no, like people are going to be wishing more people were there. 
I think the people that are there because of us are going to be thanking us on, on their knees in gratitude for doing the uncomfortable thing and telling them the reality that heaven and hell are real. We cannot compromise the gospel. We cannot compromise our duty to share it with others for anything because salvation is on the line. Not just your comfort, not just your job security, not just your reputation or how others view you. Salvation is on the line. What is more important? Heaven and hell are on the line. This is the only thing in all of the universe that has eternal significance and eternal ramifications. It should be the matter of our utmost concern and care in all that we do every single day. Think of the story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. When Jesus is sitting in the home of Martha and Mary, Mary is sitting beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. And Martha, who's burdened with much serving, she comes to Jesus and says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. And Jesus says to her, he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things, but there is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part and it will not be taken from her. So brothers and sisters, what is your one thing? Paul says in this, in this passage, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. If someone took that advice and imitated you, would they get closer to the Lord or not? Would they know what your one thing was? Would that become their one thing? Would they be passionately in love with Jesus or would they just be showing up to religious functions and going through the motions because that's what we do? Or would they be pursuing careerism because we're so focused on our work or our job or money or financial stability or finding the one or getting married at the right time or doing all the things that we think society is conditioning us to do so we don't look like we're behind because we're so self-conscious that we neglect the real reality of spiritual growth in a relationship with Jesus. What is the one thing? Because Jesus is either everything or he is nothing. Anything in the middle is lies, complacency, or compromise. That doesn't mean that we're going to choose him perfectly all the time. But we need to constantly orient our hearts and our minds to Jesus is the purpose of my life. He's the source and summit of my life. And we need to choose him. Choose him now and every day. The hardest moment to choose to follow Jesus is the moment after the moment you fail to. Something that Father Mike Schmitz always says. He says it about other practices, but, but I think it applies to this as well. Obviously, the hardest moment to choose Jesus is the moment after the moment that you fail to choose him. So maybe it's been a while. Maybe you've never fully given your heart over to the Lord, or maybe you've fallen into a, a spirit of complacency. Maybe you were really close to the Lord when you were young, when you were in high school, you were involved in youth group, and then you graduate and you go to college and you're out in the world and you're trying to do this on your own. And you're balancing this desire to have relationships and build community, but these people don't have faith or you're losing this practice of faith because you don't have that comforting community, that you don't have that support that you used to. Maybe you've fallen out of the practice. Life just got busy and you don't realize that you reoriented your priorities and all of a sudden God has taken a back seat. The hardest moment to choose to follow Jesus is the moment you realize that you failed to and having to do it again in that moment recognize this life of following Jesus is not about giving up fun things or living a boring life. It's not about, you know, do I, do I live for the goals of the world or do I live for the Lord? No, you can live for the Lord and still probably achieve a lot of those goals, but they will be achieved to glorify him and you'll be doing it in a way where you are fully alive. And that is what will inspire people, brothers and sisters. We say no to cheap thrills because they have destructive consequences. We live for eternity 
instead of instant gratification. We recognize that our satisfaction is in the Lord and in the Lord alone, and it may not come immediately, and it may not come completely in the way that we desire or in the form that we expect, but it will come, and it will far surpass and outweigh anything this world has to offer. We need to be willing to sacrifice and to wait because heaven is worth it. And hell, brothers and sisters, hell is easily and readily available at our fingertips every day if we want to choose it. Jesus is either everything or he is nothing. Anything in the middle is lies, complacency, or compromise. And so maybe it's been a while, or maybe you've never given your life fully over to the Lord. Maybe you've never realized that you've been compromising your faith. You've only been living it out halfway because you're still very attached to accomplishment and the things of this world bringing you satisfaction and fulfillment. And maybe you just need a moment to be reminded that, like, you need to recommit to the Lord. And so I invite you, I want to lead you in a prayer. It's called a prayer of transformation. Matthew Kelly wrote this. It's a very simple prayer. But it's a prayer where you can really invite the Lord to transform your life, to reorient you and reroute you in such a way that you are living for the right things, pursuing him and inviting him into every space in your life. And so if you're ready, if you need this today, if you need to be reinvigorated or you need for the first time to give yourself over completely to the Lord and desire a relationship with him, to repent of your sins and turn away from these things that have led you to rock bottom or led you to this place of total dissatisfaction and lack of fulfillment in your life, know, brothers and sisters, that I tell you the truth that Jesus is the only one who can fully satisfy the longing in your heart. And if you need, if you need to know that transformation in your life today, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Repeat after me. Lord, here I am. I trust that you have an incredible plan for me. Transform me. Transform my life. Everything is on the table. Take what you want to take and give what you want to give. I make myself 100% available to you today. Transform me into the person that you created me to be so I can live the life that you envisioned for me at the beginning of time. I hold nothing back. I am 100% available. Lead me, challenge me, and encourage me. Open my eyes to all your possibilities. Show me what it is that you want me to do, and I will do it. Amen. That is all I have for you this week, my brothers and sisters. I pray that you would live completely for the Lord, because the Lord is either everything or he is nothing. So do not lie, do not be complacent, do not compromise your faith, and know that your satisfaction is around the corner, that the Lord wants you to live fully alive, whatever that looks like in your life. And I pray that you will feel the Holy Spirit coming upon you now in such a way that he's animating you to live that life, to fully glorify God. God bless you, and until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. Bye.